1: Hi, guys. Hub and Arthur Arkish back with another edition of the Pro Football Weekly Chicago podcast. We focus mainly on the Chicago Bears with this particular little conversation. Uh, I uh, am Hub, uh, again, the editor, executive editor, I guess, and general manager of Pro Football Weekly. Our managing editor is Arthur Arkish. And, uh, Arthur, uh, it's going to get a little quieter the next few weeks. The Bears have all gone home for the summer. Uh, They are... Off, uh, this is really the only time uh, that players are encouraged to go vacation, stay away from the game. The The team does hope that they will continue to work out and stay in shape and make sure that they report back to Bourbonnet on July 25th in the same shape they left from the off-season workout program. But really, between the end of the season and the beginning of the off-season workout program in mid-April, a lot of guys are around the facility anyway. They cannot have contact with the coaches, but they're all working out like mad. This is more vacation time, but there is plenty of Left over from the OTAs, the veteran minicamp, the 100th anniversary celebration, to continue to prepare for this upcoming season. and the one piece of news that actually did break this week is that the Bears have released uh, the official training camp schedule for what will take place in Bourbonnais and what will be open to the viewing public in Bears Nation.
0: Yeah, 18th consecutive summer in Bourbonnais for Bears training camp. That's pretty cool. Olivet Nazarene is a wonderful host. Certainly, and has been for years, obviously, and uh, there are going to be eight practices in Bourbonnet that are open to the public, the first of which will be, I believe, at 8.15 a.m. Friday morning, July 27. So uh, eight practices open to the public. They're all free. You do need a ticket, um, and you'll have to go check out the Bears site, obviously, for more details on that, but I know that was something new as of last year, where you need a ticket. You don't have to pay for it, but you do have to have one in hand uh, to get in. Uh, The reason I'm focused on this, though, Hub, is earlier in the week, the Philadelphia eagles announced that they will have just one uh open training camp practice in, in lehigh there where they've been i believe for years too oh yeah and they're charging fans for it so uh take that eagles you may have beaten the bears in january uh but at least the bears know how to treat their fans and uh, i'm mostly kidding but hub i will say uh it's such a joy to get to 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 take in these training camp practices. I'm I'm speaking as a media member, but uh, also for the fans. And it's just a shame because the Eagles aren't alone. Uh, Teams are are obviously continuing to restrict this access more and more. Uh, And with, I have to say, I'm sorry, Bears fans, this is not an educated guess or anything like that. It's just a hunch uh, with all of the, uh, the makeover occurring at Hallis Hall. Um, I don't know what the current contract is with Olivet Nazarene, but Hubby, you'd have to think maybe the Bears won't be too far off in that regard.
1: Well, real quick, Arthur, let me correct a typo. I believe you just said uh, that the opening practice is Friday, July 27th. The first pu-
0: pre- uh, public one. Yeah,
1: well, it's actually Saturday, July oh, 27th. Thank you. Uh, yep. The, the uh, reporting day is on Thursday. The first practice is open to media only on Friday. On Saturday, July 27th. Thank and you. Sunday, July 28th. Monday, July 29th is the three-day opening weekend, Eight fifteen practices practices uh, all three days. They will then uh, be out of sight uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, the next available practice for fans to attend will be Thursday, August 1st, Friday, August 2nd. And then they will have um, the Myers-Bears Family Fest on Saturday evening, August 3rd at 7 p.m. at Soldier Field. You do need tickets to attend the practices in A. They are free. Go to the Chicago Bears website uh, to find out how to get those tickets. I am not sure if the uh, Myers Bears Family Fest tickets are free or not. Um, but then, just to wrap up, what you can attend, and I'm sure it'll be easier to go to ChicagoBears.com. But uh, easiest
0: maybe, to go to ProFootballWeekly.com/slash uh, Bears. Uh, if
1: if we're gonna, do we have this entire schedule up? Oh I, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's uh, I obviously haven't been there in the last hour or so. Um, so yes, go to ProFootballWeekly.com/slash Bears. You will find <laughs> that again, you can go to practice. <laughs> Um, on Monday, August 5th at 8.15, it is Military Appreciation Day. Uh, also, Tuesday, August 6th at 8.15 in the morning is First Responders Day. Um, and then your last opportunity to see the Bears uh, in A will be on Saturday, August 10th and 8.15 in the morning practice, Blue and Orange Day. So uh, again, go to com slash Bears to double check all of that.
0: And one thing we didn't mention how before, I do want to get your opinion on uh, teams bringing their you know camps back to their facilities and restricting the fan access but we should add too uh the bears are also going to have a special uh a return to return to decatur event excuse me is what it's being billed as uh it's another opportunity to celebrate the team's great heritage and their centennial celebration that will be uh july 20th and 21st in decatur of course decatur stanley's is where the bears all started um and uh we'll get access there excuse me on that sunday July 21st, to both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, but that press conference will be you know closed to the public.
1: Yeah, it's actually... I mean, the great thing about podcasts is we can let our hair down if we had any, and, and be honest, uh, it's also a huge pain in the ass. Uh, what <laughs> the Bears have done is normally... <laughs> Um, I mean, hey, listen, I give them a lot of credit for everything they've done in the last year or so, but every once in a while, they do something that's just wrong, and this is one of them. Uh, We always open training camp, we being the media, with a sit-down with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and that would be on reporting day, which is always that Thursday. This year is July 25th. Now, with Matt, we get access pretty much every day, but we do not get a ton of access to Ryan Pace. As a matter of fact, on the scale of 1 to 32 with NFL teams, uh, the Bears are Definitely in the bottom 10 15% of the access they allow us as media to their general manager and the and front office. And their assistant office. coaches and their uh, court, well, the coordinators, well, there's assist, a rule on that. Yeah, the, and the assistant coach issue is an issue around the league, <laughs> but particularly with the front office. Um, and what they've done this year is in order for the media to get to visit with Ryan Pace during training camp, we need to be in Decatur on the 21st. They are not holding that press conference on the Thursday that, that camp opens when we all will be there for the next two or three weeks. And what that means for all of us, Arthur's going to get a pass because he had a previous commitment, but I get to make the three-and-a-half-hour trip each way to Decatur because it's the only way that I can have access to Ryan Pace mm-hmm. to report for all of you. Oh, and no, I'll, I'll be there. I'm
0: not sure what Hub's trying to give me a pass for, but I'll definitely be there. What we're both going to have to, unfortunately, take a pass for now is the Cubs tickets. I want to say it was Dodgers that night, but I could be wrong. We definitely had Cubs tickets for that Sunday evening we will not be able to use. Well, I know actually, you guys are so sad Robert.
1: Unless they change the start time. I think it's a 1.20 start, <laughs> okay. so that's how I know it's out. We, we were trying to figure out how to get back from Decatur in and, time. And, and 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 Hub
0: was <laughs> also trying to find out how to let me go see Derek Trucks Band, and I believe it's Aurora with my sister and my brother-in-law that same day, but I'll tell you what, guys it's the Bears 100th season it's Ryan Pace access I will be there I'm all in
1: but I my my only point here and and believe me I I love the Chicago Bears I love the fact that I've covered them for 42 years there's no other team I'd rather cover and they they do try most times to get it right but every once in a while they do something that's just wrong and this is just one of those is to force the media And, and, and their 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 reasoning is is pretty clear they or the state or somebody is putting on this two-day event in right. decatur i think it's the, actually the nfl that is putting it on okay. and this is a way to force media coverage and let's call it what it is that's what it is uh i will travel wherever i have to to get to visit with ryan pace i think it's important to do our jobs and i think ryan pace is one of the better people in the nfl and always look forward to that visit
0: the, the symbolism so. of this will be cool obviously again decatur Stanley's um and at least it's on uh, Staley's, excuse me, at least it's on a Sunday, so you're not worried as much about the... Tra- Stanley's, uh, Stanley steamer going on in this podcast. Uh, 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 and I'm losing my train of thought, but the part we didn't know about was that it was a two-day event, so what I'm wondering now is what the coverage expectations are, or what we'd risk missing if we're not going to be there on the 21st as well, because we're talking about doing this day trip. We knew there was going to be availability with the coach and the GM, but we don't know what... It, there's more details that are going to be coming, but that's all they've said thus far as far as this event.
1: Well, it's actually the, the 21st is the second
0: day, I believe. The 20th, the first. Oh, excuse day. me, right. So it'd be a Saturday and a Sunday. And,
1: right. and I know that because I can tell you, there's no way we'll be there on the 20th. <laughs> that's your nephew's birthday party, and so uh, uh, at my house. So uh, uh, they can plan all they want. I'm going to give Hub
0: a pass on this Instead one, of... guys. But I will be down. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if I'm going to be down there yet either. We'll keep you posted on that,
1: guys. Bottom line is the training camp dates are official. Uh, um, and there is an element of cool to going back to where it all began for the bears indicator uh in 2020 uh, actually in 2019 i believe um indicator and um uh, we will have it all for you at profootballweekly.com. The more important point here, again, go to profootballweekly.com slash Bears to be able to plan any visits you want to make to Bourbonnais, and that I do highly recommend, especially for families with young kids. Uh, if you don't often have opportunities to go to games, uh, this is a great way to be around the Bears, and the Bears have done a tremendous job in Bourbonnais of making it a very fan-friendly event. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I find interesting is the last couple of years, Arthur, there probably are more fans and their kids taking part in the activities that are made available for the kids than there are actually watching practice. Uh, the one thing I would caution everybody about is, I, and I've been watching this again for over 40 years, I know you go down there because you want to get autographs. I've never really understood the whole autograph thing, but there are people it's very important to. Training camp is an awful place to get autographs. You will not have access to the players. Uh, you get to watch them. You get to root for your team. But the only thing close to access is they come off the field after practice to go to the locker room. They do get funneled through a tunnel where fans surround them. But the crush is so great with thousands, they can't stop and sign for everybody. It is really a difficult place and time for them to sign. So I don't recommend Bourbonnet for autographs, but I do recommend it for anybody who's a legit Bears fan and wants to have a great family activity because it is a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And this is going to be unique, guys. It's obviously the Bears' 100th season. But beyond that, this is going to be the most competitive training camp that they have had in Bourbonnais. maybe ever. I mean, at least yeah, I mean, that was 2006 was the Super Bowl team. Okay, so they had been there a few years. I think as competitive as any training camp they probably had in Bourbonnet, and it could also be pretty unique. Now it's Matt Nagy's second. He keeps promising on this whole kicker carnival uh, that there could be some fan involvement. There could be some media involvement. Uh, Matt Nagy has more tricks up his sleeve beyond the Augusta silence and uh, drilling that 43-yarder from the right hash or attempting to drill it, uh, at least drilling the memory of it into all the Challengers had uh, this summer at Hellas Hall.
1: One other thing I can't add, Arthur. You mentioned this a little while ago. The Bears did sign a three-year extension with A to hold training with with Olivet Nazarene, okay. I should say to hold training camp there. I do not know if this is the first of those three years. I think this or if is year two. Years. I want to say no. No, it's it, 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 if anything, it's year one. They okay. they just signed a there was a three-year extension that I believe was quietly reported back in the in, in the late winter. Um, this, I think this may be the first year of it. Um, but they're going to be there. I want to say it was through 2020. Two, so this would be the thir- the first of those three years, nineteen twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, up until twenty two. So I believe that they'll be there at least through two thousand and twenty one, and and possibly beyond. Um, you know, uh, let's let's segue to what you just mentioned. A lot of teams have stopped going uh, away for training camp. The Bears uh, are in the process of completing a renovation of so of Hallis Hall that has increased the overall footprint by thirty three percent. It is. Now, by all accounts, the most impressive team facility in the National Football League. We have seen parts of it. The media is going to get a complete tour. (laughs) Very little so far. Uh, Yeah, well, we can see it from the outside, but we've been told about it by a bunch of folks, and we're going to get a tour once we return from Bourbon A. Um, But it continues to be problematic for training camp because it doesn't speak to the need to house. 30 or 40 players who aren't going to be on the team who are not renting apartments and buying houses around Lake forest. The one great thing about going away to camp is that at least for three, three weeks, you've got everybody in the dorms together. That part of it's all taken care of. Uh, When you are home, there are more distractions. There are more logistical issues. So it is a trend around the league, and the Bears may join in. But there are some good reasons to continue to go camping, at least for part of the preseason. And, and I know for the foreseeable future, the Bears will continue to go to Bourbonnais.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to our great sponsors who make our Pro Football Weekly Chicago podcast possible. Also, our executive producer, Dan Mott. Dan is the guy who gets this all done. It would never happen without him, and Arthur and I cannot thank him enough. You all should be thanking him, too. I can't believe we got the entire first half of the podcast on training camp, Uh, but uh, hopefully there is some valuable information for you all in there. Uh, Again, you can celebrate with the Bears in Decatur, where it all started with the Staley's uh, on July 20th and 21st. Training camp opens on the 25th. The first availability for fans will be on the weekend of Saturday the 27th and Sunday the 28th. Arthur, as far as football news, not not a lot. I don't know if people realize, but they had not yet signed the number 3 draft Well, their, thir- their first, but their third-round draft pick, uh, David Montgomery, until earlier this week. They did, the morning that we record this podcast on Thursday, also signed Duke Shelley. Um, I'm not sure if that's it or not. That's it. Uh, I believe... There will uh, be no
0: Roquan-like holdout uh, this summer. Five-man draft class is all locked up. I'm not sure if they're the first in the league, hub, but I believe they are among the first teams to get them done.
1: Yeah, they, they had a stretch of like six, seven, eight years where they were the first in the league every year. They're always amongst the, the, the front runners. It was very unusual to have the situation they had with Roquan Smith, uh, last year. It is worth noting that that was more about his agents and about language in the contract than it was about money. Um, without a first round pick, there was nobody who was going to command that kind of leverage to have that kind of negotiation. So all the newbies are under contract and everybody is ready. To enjoy the off time they're having now, and to report to Bourbonnais on July 25th, uh, they also did release Chris Blewett fi- following the veteran minicamp. I think uh, that we had that for you. Actually, maybe it was just prior to the veteran minicamp. So I think we had that for you. Yeah, we talked about in, that. in a prior podcast. Yeah. It is down to uh, Eddie Pinheiro and Elliot Fry right now, and Arthur. I think it's safe to say that the odds are better than 50-50 now that one of those two is going to be the Bears kicker. Uh, I'm not ruling out the possibility of bringing in a street vet, somebody who's kicked in the NFL before. It would be very surprising if they brought in another kicker without NFL experience. But the reason I've kind of come down to as to why I think it is going to be one of these two guys is you have to remember they are carrying $4.06 million in dead cap space on Cody Parkey um they're not paying it out again this year. They already paid it out last year, but it's counting against the cap you've got both Pinero and Fry with contracts calling for between five hundred and seventy and five hundred and ninety thousand dollars this year. Having a four point five actually almost four point six million dollar cap hit for your kicker is on the very high end of the league, but it's not unmanageable. If they wanted to bring in an NFL veteran with some experience, it's going to cost him at least two, maybe two and a half, even three million a year. And they do not want to have seven and a half million dollars of cap space tied up at the place kicking position. So I think economics, as much as talent, is going to dictate that they're going to give every opportunity for Pinheiro or Fry to win this job.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to get every opportunity, too. And I think there were, uh, you know, very uh, some cautiously optimistic um you know signs of improvement after cutting Chris Blewett uh, over the past two days of that that mini camp I'm sure you guys read about it at the site but uh, the kickers improved in a big way especially Eddie Pinheiro uh, I think they hit like four out of five combined in those uh end of practice Augusta silence pressure pack situations so uh who knows there's a long way to go um this thing isn't going to be decided on the first or second day of camp or e- either it's going to go on um but I'm still not so sure. I, I, the other kicker in Tampa Bay, uh, where they, of course, drafted Matt Gay out of Utah, spent, I think, a third or a fourth rounder on him, is Cairo Santos. He's been here before. Matt, but he hasn't been here with Matt Nagy, being the point, obviously. Uh, of course, Cairo Santos was in Kansas City while Nagy was there. So uh, he didn't stick here last time under John Fox, because I think he had some groin issue. I know there was some injury. I believe it was a groin. Um, but if the Bucks are going to keep Matt Gay, as we have to assume they... Are um, then is there a, a, a potential scenario where maybe that familiarity that Nagy likely has with Santos, the fact that he has made some big kicks in regular season NFL action uh, and the fact he's not going to cost as much as I think you just alluded to that might be for someone more like a, a Matt Bryant or a, a, a more known quantity.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gay was a fifth-round pick, which was still controversial because, of course, Jason Light, the GM, blew the second-round pick sure. on Roberto Aguayo just a few years ago. Oh, yeah, ago. he was here, too. Um, but, but I mean, even a fifth-round pick is high for a kicker. Yes. So, yes, Gay is the presumptive favorite. Uh You know, Cairo Santos, Arthur, he actually suffered the groin injury in Kansas City. Yep. Um, and, and that's why he was eventually released, because Harrison Butker was signed as an undrafted free agent off the street right. and, 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 and hit his first 21 kicks. That's what made Santos available. He was allegedly healthy by the time he got to Chicago. He didn't show great range and, and – um, Uh, As I recall, the the guy that they really wanted was the kid that New Orleans cut the following training camp, Connor Barth, Mm. who they thought was better than Santos, if I've got all that in the correct uh, (laughs) chronological order. Um but you you are correct in that Santos did have history with Nagy, and, and Nagy certainly could attempt to make the case. I, I, I'm going back, though, to what I've heard now from Matt Nagy, what I've heard from Chris Tabor, what I've heard from Ryan Pace, is that they're using some advanced technology these days to measure what these guys do on the field with kick velocity, with with spin rate, with things like that. But the big thing that they really focus on still the most is the sound and the explosion that a kicker has in his leg. And the one thing I noticed, even though when there was eight guys, although he wasn't one of them at the time, but of the, of the nine who've now been through camp uh, since the Bears started this uh, uh, treasure hunt, is that... The ball has a different sound when it comes off Pinero's leg than it does with the other guys. He's got that explosion in his leg. Uh, he is the all-time accuracy leader at the University of Florida. And coming out of high school, he was a Gatorade Player of the Year for a kicker. Um, you look at this kid's credentials, and unless he absolutely messes the bed during the preseason, I, I, I can't escape the feeling that he's going to be the choice.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, especially out of Elliott Fry and Pinheiro, I think Pinheiro would seem to have a decided, a decided advantage, but I'm not uh, ready to to you know to sort of discount the possibility that someone like a Cairo Santos, the other obvious one, of course, uh, the other team that drafted a kicker in April with the Cleveland Browns, Austin Seabird out of Nevada, I believe. Uh, so they have Greg Joseph, their rookie last year, who was okay. He struggled early, but they stuck with him, and he steadied a little bit. So the point being, guys, there are going to be at least two kickers uh, cut in August. Uh, that have NFL regular season experience, which is more than what we can say for what the Bears have in this competition, too. You guys have all heard the name Matt Bryant. I think I just said a couple minutes ago, it's another one to at least keep in the back of your mind. Uh, but again, so, some optimism that we hadn't felt or seen very often uh, during the offseason seemed to kind of emanate last week, and, and we'll see what that turns into about you know five weeks from now.
1: Yeah, every week on Tuesday I put out the call for Ask Hub questions for the Ask Hub column at the ProFootballWeekly.com, and every week somebody asked me about Matt Bryant, and every week I Tell him he's the guy that I least expect to be here in part because he is a three or four million dollar a year guy. He is 44 years old and he has been kicking indoors for the last five, six, seven years, not at Soldier Field. The Bears are not going to carry seven and a half, eight million dollars against the cap at the place kicking position. Arthur is correct. Cairo Santos wouldn't be as expensive, but he would be a lot more than Fryer Pinero. If the Bears feel that there's a great veteran kicker out there, what
0: about Robbie Gold? uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, Robbie, I, I love <laughs> Robbie. Uh, you know, I mean, he's one of the few guys Get
0: Robbie on,
1: around while I was still doing the Bears games on the radio. He's, he's a good friend. He's a great <clears throat> kicker. Um, uh, but Robbie, you know, he can hold out until let's see the bears play September 5th. So that would mean the 49ers on Sunday would be the eighth. He can hold out until midnight, September 7th, if he wants, but he keeps trying to convince people that he won't kick this year for the 49ers. He's not leaving five million bucks on the table. You just you don't do that. okay? Robbie's too smart for that. And the 49ers know that. So the better question becomes, are the 49ers going to decide that he's become a distraction or or that they just don't want to spend the money or whatever and release him? Um, then it would be a possibility because if he cleared waivers, then the contract, the franchise tag, doesn't come with him.
0: Mm-hmm. And he hasn't signed the franchise tag, yeah. so that wouldn't. If he were, and he's a he's a vested veteran, so he wouldn't be subject to waivers. He would just be released.
1: Well, either way, my point is, if the only way he could be a bear is if he comes without the contract. Yes. It's, Absolutely. Uh, um, and, and, and it just doesn't seem likely that that's going to happen. I, I'd love to see it work out for Robbie but but it, but it seems highly unlikely uh, that he's going to be a Chicago Bear.
0: Uh, I know we only have a few minutes left I'm not sure if you had other stuff to get to but I just thought we should quickly mention there were a few assignments for some of the Bears players uh, on their little summer break if you will. I'm not sure if uh, our listeners have read it elsewhere but Chuck Pagano requested that his defensive players spent one hour per day looking at film uh, and maybe this tells you uh, What you need to know about the Nagy-Mitch relationship, about how Mitch uh, is a football guy, if you will. Matt Nagy's kind of pleading with him to to chill out and take a little time away from football. Mitch talked last week, I think it was, my days are blending together, about how uh, he'd be cool if it rolled straight from mandatory veteran minicamp to uh, to training camp, and you kind of cut out that six weeks. I know people in the media under their breath were saying, well, you know, not so fast, we're not so sure about that. Uh, But Mitch was lamenting how it was going to be difficult to turn it off, turn his brain off of football. Uh, So I just thought that was kind of an interesting juxtaposition. Certainly he'll still be I think he's gonna get together and throw with his guys and I'm sure he'll still be watching some film too Uh, but Matt Nagy comfortable enough with where uh, his quarterback is in this offense with his overall kind of uh, developmental arc uh, that he is actually asking him to kind of make sure he spends time to go to the beach to go chug beers responsibly go do whatever he's gonna do and not just be in front of the the TV and and grinding film
1: yeah it's actually interesting um, that, that Pagano would make that request of his players because um, the Bears are a team that most likely almost everybody in that defense is going to do what he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some lesser focused, not as uh, – Uh, strong locker rooms would rebel at something like that, because this, again, is not something that they can force players to do. Uh, This is their off time. All we heard from the defensive players we talked to is that they're anxious to do exactly what they call him, Coach Chuck, Mm -hmm. just like they used to call him Coach Vic. Uh, Coach Chuck is not the evil genius yet. He's going to have to earn that. Um, uh, But apparently the Bears defensive players have responded very well to it. The one other topic, I did want to get into a little bit because I've had a lot of people you know, writing, reaching out, emailing, uh, direct messaging me to ask about it, is that there hasn't been much focus on Tariq Cohn this offseason. Yes, he's a first-team All-Pro as a returner. He went to his first Pro Bowl. Everybody knows what a dangerous weapon he can be. But it should be pretty clear that when the first free agent you sign is a journeyman and Mike Davis and two of your five draft picks are running backs in David Montgomery and Kareth White – that the Bears do not, and I believe absolutely correctly so, envision Tariq Cohn as ever being a number one running back. That's not who he is. He is a hybrid at the position. You do want to hand the ball off to him maybe eight, maybe even 10, 12 times a game. You do want to throw him the football five, six, seven times a game. You do want him uh, returning kicks. You can line him up at wide receiver and do a lot of things. But the question I keep getting asked is well, if Montgomery is the real deal, or if the Bears outsmarted everybody with Davis, how is this going to impact the role of Tariq Cohn? And I believe the answer to the question is none whatsoever. In fact, even though the Bears are focused on making David Montgomery the the starting running back, or or or, or you know finding a great find in Mike Davis. They will use Tariq Cohn more this year than they did last year. Not a lot more, but more in strategically better situations. And I would not look for his role to be diminished in any way. I forget Cordero Patterson's even going to line up at running back. But they're going to find a way to use Montgomery, to use Davis, to use Kareth White, to use Cordero Patterson. Every one of them is going to get touches. But it isn't going to mean fewer touches for Tariq Cohn. Cohn's still going to get more than he's had in the past too.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Hub. And I think having someone uh, with more versatility, someone who, uh, who you can do more things with in David Montgomery, who I actually expect to be on the field some with Tariq Cohn, is only going to uh, potentially enhance Cohn's value, uh, what they can do with him. So uh, I've actually got I'll have a Tariq Cohn feature coming for you guys probably early next week, but look forward to the next few days. I had a nice one-on-one with him recently, and uh, uh, I can tell you he wants to break more tackles. I can tell you he's not at all concerned about his role. He knows what types of opportunities um, he is going to get. So, uh, yeah, Hub, is it a stretch? I mean, I think Tariq Cohn was the Bears' offensive MVP last year, right? I mean, if you're looking at—you obviously could throw special teams in, too. I think he was probably their most valuable non-defender.
1: Most valuable non-defender, I'll go with. Most valuable offensive player— I I still have to go with Trubisky. Uh, he's not a finished product by any means, but mm-hmm. I just don't know that Cohn had the touches or the production to say that he was as important as Trubisky. Uh, and certainly, he better not be as important this year, or else the Bears aren't going to take the step that they need to. But uh, I'll give you a different way to look at it: Is Tariq Cohn the most dangerous weapon on that football team? Absolutely. Yes, and, yeah. and, and when you look at at what you know, Matt Nagy is trying to build here. The weapons is what it's all about. And and so... Uh, hey, you know the, the the kid's a Pro Bowler. You yeah. know, I, I realize it was pr- predominantly as a, as a returner, um, but uh, the, the one big
0: thing he caught was, seventy balls. Though. I mean, oh, he yeah. he was voted to the All Pro team because he was a returner, but the guy had ninety plus targets. He is uh, he's a special football player. There's no question.
1: He did, but but again, one of the reasons for that is because of the limited availability of Anthony Miller with the chronic sure. shoulder problem. But that's not a guarantee. Uh, Miller
0: has injuries dating back to college, and he is really what they want to be They're starting. Uh, slot receiver when they're in 3 wide.
1: Well, and Allen Robinson missed time, too, and right. it was not 100% at times. And so that, that was a part of Cone's exceptional production. Uh, what I thought was interesting is that he caught um, 77 balls and averaged 10 yards a catch. Taylor Gabriel, who was brought in to be the home run threat, had his best year with 67 catches, almost twice as many as his best year. I think it was 36 in Atlanta. But he also only averaged 10 yards a catch. Uh, His average per catch was down 3.5 yards over his career average coming into the season. And so, and, and he's doing it from the running from the receiver position. Mm-hmm. Cone did a lot of that from the running back position. So he was actually a bigger threat than Taylor Gabriel. And the reason the Bears gave Taylor Gabriel over $20 million was to come in and be that big play threat.
0: Right. Cone was excellent after the catch. Cone was pretty limited, whether that was the situations he was put in or, or whatever uh, remains to be seen, I suppose. But uh, one more thought that I almost forgot about, and I was kind of racking my brain up, uh, Matt Nagy does not get, Testy with the media, really, very often at all. I mean, he could not be a more pleasant head coach to work with, and uh, and he really usually tells you what he's thinking. Is the one sort of contrary to that, or the one outlier of what I just said? Was after that loss to the Eagles in the wild card round when he was asked if he got to recon the football enough. Of course, Toricone only had four touches from scrimmage on that game, and Matt Nagy's blood was boiling as he was asked the question. And he said, "Oh, that's that's a good question. I think obviously we didn't get him the ball enough. It stuck with me a because we don't see Nagy like that often, but b because uh, I." Like you just said, people are wondering about what's going to happen to his role. Uh, it's just a lasting feeling that Cohn's going to get more chances this year, not less, because Nagy doesn't ever want to be in that situation uh, where he's feeling that way after the game again, like there was maybe uh, some meat left on the bone, if you will. All
1: right, so let's wrap it up with a little quick conversation about that, Arthur, because I... I... I really like Matt Nagy. I mean, as a football coach, as a human being, yeah. uh, dealing with him as a member of the media is night and day <laughs> from the from the nightmares we had with John Fox and Mark Tressman. I mean, going back to Lovey, Lovey was not a pleasure to deal with because uh, uh, you know you got a lot of one or two word answers. But he was pleasant enough about it. He would answer some questions. We just went through five years in the desert with Mark Tressman and, and John Fox, and, and Nagy is such a breath of fresh air. Yep, and 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 he. He, he he does try and explain things. He does try and answer questions. That part of it is good. Again, you know, as media, we're always going to have issues with some of the access that we get.
0: Um, but there's a rub because, here. This shoe's about to drop.
1: Well, it's no, it's not a shoe that's going to okay. drop. But I, 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 to me, it's almost a compliment. But I don't know if you're going to agree or not. Okay. My observation of him, because I tend to sit there and study him, I, I, I prefer to usually let other people ask the questions and then later on in the interview, if I haven't heard what I need to, I'll ask a question. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of studied him closely and what I'm getting to here is I think that underneath that, that really strong, solid PR veneer, uh, a, a warm, uh, approachable reality about him – I get the sense that his blood can boil pretty good. I, I mean, I, I've seen it a few times where I thought, is is, is something going to change here? Is he, yeah. and, he, and, he, and he pulls it back in. Um, and and, and I ta- I've talked to a few assistant coaches who shall remain nameless, who have said, you know, we get in our meetings, we get behind closed doors. There's times when you don't want to say the wrong thing or, 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 or be wrong. Not, And they don't say it to suggest he's a bad guy. They mm-hmm. love working for him. But, But my sense is... That there's another Matt Nagy that, that 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 the fans and the media just don't see yeah. that that is very conscious and orchestrated. And and I think it's one that we don't want to see because if it starts to happen more, it probably means that things aren't going all that
0: well. I'm sure you're right, Hub. I'm I'm sure that no one could come as far as they have in the profession without having that side that they need to lean on occasionally when they have to be uh, the tough guy and make sure that their voice is heard. So I have little doubt in that. I will say uh, we were talking with Prince uh, this offseason. He was asked about Chuck Pagano. And he said, well, his best barometer, I'm paraphrasing, but one of the ways that he can Best gauge a coach and their personality and their philosophies and everything is how they are when they get angry when they kind of get up to ten from a temper standpoint. So he was asked about Pagano, but that was sort of the anecdote he chose. And then he said, "I'll tell you what, I haven't seen that with Matt Nagy yet. This was in you know late May or or whatever earlier this month. So apparently, at least if Prince was being uh, uh, fully truthful, they made it through that first season. And hey, look, it was a magic carpet ride at twelve and five. So uh, we'll see when a little bit more adversity hits. But then you think about that state of the uh season ending press conference and Nagy's uh, knee bouncing being asked the Cody Parkey questions. He wondered if maybe he was about to snap right there.
1: Yeah, I uh um I actually asked a similar question to Ted Monacino, who was mm-hmm. the linebacker coach and uh Pagano's um uh, top assistant who he brought with him. Um And Ted didn't hesitate. And, and the reason I mention this is because Chuck in many respects is, is an even softer spoken, right. uh, less confident version of Matt. More great,
0: positive if it's possible. If you can be yeah, a more positive you know, human being than Matt, it might be Chuck Pagano. media, yep.
1: pleasant, polite or whatever. And, and Monachino told me, yeah, I've seen him go to 10. <laughs> and he said, you know what? You don't want to see it," he said. And believe it or not, when it happens, it can happen pretty fast. And and so these guys have all got it in them. That's what makes them NFL coaches. I, I think the highest compliment I can uh, pay Matt Nagy, and, and, and let's not forget, we're talking about the current NFL head coach of the year. This is not an unaccomplished guy. Right. Is that I don't remember being around a head coach, including Mike Ditka, who appeared to have a better sense of himself, who appears to have a complete understanding of who he is where he is, what he's trying to accomplish, what it's going to take to accomplish, but to accomplish it, and an unwillingness to, to divert from that path. you know. And, and so I'm not saying he's always on stage when he's around us or around the team, but I think he is always focused on what he has decided is the best way to be the best coach that he can be. And that takes a tremendous amount of self-discipline. And, and I, I don't think I've seen... Uh, another coach, I I guess consistent is the word I'm looking for, be as consistently the same guy as Matt Nagy has been every day since he got here to Chicago now, believe it or not, uh, what, 17 months ago.
0: It's high praise, guys. Hub's been doing this for about 130 years. As long as the NFL's been around, he's seen a lot of head coaches. I have not seen nearly as many. But I will say in just the year plus that we've spent with Matt Nagy, that speaks to how impressive it is because you'd think that a lot of these guys need to – take time to become comfortable in their own head coaching skin, and and Nagy seems to have done it uh, seemingly overnight, and and like you said, his consistent message, his consistent uh, method, uh, it really is, uh, it's very impressive, I don't know what else to say.
1: There actually is one other guy, um, uh, and I'm one of the, it's not a tiny group, it's a small group of media members, fortunate enough to have a bit of a relationship with him. Bill Belichick's in that class too, Uh, unfortunately, who Bill, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Realistically, who Bill chooses to be to get the job done, isn't always as pleasant as Matt is. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, and, and that's probably the highest praise I can give because Bill Belichick is the GOAT. And, and, and he's really the only other guy who comes to mind when I think about the temperament and the coaching style that I just described with Matt Maggie, Guys, we are out of time. We got a little goofy today. Got a little far afield. Actually spent the whole half of the, the, the podcast talking about training camp. But it's going to be that way as we get ready for the season. We're going to come to you the next couple weeks with some stuff scheduled out uh, to talk specifically about units with the Bears, things that we know they're focused on, trying to get better, what to expect from some of the new additions. Take a look at some of the guys um, who may be in roster battles that you might not expect. we got a lot more for you, even though it's the offseason. We're going to take one week off. We will be gone the week of July 12th through the 19th, the week before we go to training camp. Players get six weeks. It seems like Arthur and I and Dan Motkin have one um but Six we will yeah we will be back next week i can tell you that we hope you enjoyed this podcast we hope you'll be with us again next week thanks to our sponsors thanks to all of you have a great weekend everybody